Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into today's episode. Gonna be talking UK basketball. Got Todd Lanter hopping on with us. But before we get to uh, the episode with Todd Lanter, just want to kind of uh, put a bow on last week's episode because we we did uh, an episode about the NFL draft, and it was uh, late Friday night, um, Saturday morning. And at that point, uh, Wandell Robinson had been drafted 43rd overall by the Giants. Josh Pascoe went 46th overall to the Detroit Lions. Luke Fortner went 65th overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, follow that up the next day, which we didn't have in the podcast. Darian Kennard went 145th overall to the Chiefs. And then... Uh, Dare Rosenthal signed a free agent deal with the Falcons. Justin Riggs signed a free agent deal with the Bengals. Marquand McCall signed a deal with the Panthers. Quandre Mosley signed a free agent deal with my Dallas Cowboys. And Yusuf Corker signed a free agent deal with the New York Giants. So congratulations to all those guys. Just want to kind of put a bow on the NFL draft episode. Here's today's episode with Todd Lanter. Oh, here we are for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. As always, you can go straight to the site, Believe.com. Follow Believe in Kentucky on all your social media, on TikTok, got it on Instagram, got it on Twitter. Follow me at Vinny Hardy if you like. We got a friend of the show coming back. Been a little minute since we had this gentleman on. You first saw him maybe at Dunbar doing his thing in high school. You definitely saw him from 2012 to 2015 wearing the blue and white. It's the 21 jersey. We'll let you know. You can also hear him on ESPN Radio 1300, 92.5 WLXG on the pregame shows throughout the season. We're talking about none other, other than our guy, Todd Lanter. TL, man, been a little minute since we talked with you. Appreciate you hopping on tonight. How's it going, man? It's going great, man. I appreciate you reaching out. I'm happy we could get back together. Um, you reached out a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, I guess now. Um, and I was in the middle of a move. It made it pretty difficult. Um, trying to get a, 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 you know, all my stuff set back up. So I appreciate you giving me some time, but it's a pleasure to circle back with you, man. I look forward to coming on every time and uh, thank you for always reaching out and including me. I've got to, man. Appreciate you taking the time, especially the first time. Some dude you don't even know reaching out and 
like he says he knows a lot of terrain guys. I don't really know if he does or not, but that's, well, you know, but, <laughs> but you're able to connect and you didn't even know me from Adam and here we are chopping it up, man. So I always appreciate it. Hey, I, you know, I grew up a fan and, uh, and, and in Lexington and uh, getting to see, you know, these guys make appearances and everything. And I know what impression it left on me uh, growing up and getting to hear those guys and hear from them and hear their story. Um, so any chance I get a, in the opportunity to uh, to use my platform and and uh, kind of speak some encouragement into everybody else, I, I, I jump on it. So I appreciate you reaching out. Um, it's kind of crazy, though, seriously, you know, going through that program and, um, you know, the, the, the public, I guess, kind of feels like you're untouchable to a certain extent, like you, you can't you can't connect with them. And, uh, you know, the one thing I try to reiterate as often as I can is. You know, I'm 31 now, but when I was there, I was, you know, 19, 20, 21. Um, they're kids and, you know, they're living out their dream. And uh, as much as it feel like feels like from the from the fans perspective that they're on a pedestal they're you know, they they love getting to talk about how they got there and what they went through to get there. Um, so it's a pleasure for me um, to have gotten to experience it and get to talk about it now um, and then watch the younger generation go through it. So. Um, I appreciate the opportunity and the platform that you have and letting me come on and talk with you about it. And definitely, man, I always going to continue to do it. And the, the fact that you said you're 31, that's crazy in itself. Well, I was a little older when I graduated though. Most of those guys that are coming through the program, you know, they're, they're, they're a little younger. They're, they're turning it around a little faster these days. Um, but yeah, 30, 31, man, it's, I was the class of 2015, uh, feels feels a lot closer than uh than seven or eight years ago so yeah um you know to to get to reminisce on those times and watch guys like book uh who's built a career for himself and carl who's built a career for themselves uh competing at the highest level in the in the playoffs the nba and uh you know they still feel like kids to me and and you know they're 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 leading grown men to uh you know on their way to titles so uh i, I still feel a little bit of that nostalgia myself yeah, I think I was glad to see Devin get over the hamstrings where he get back. And I, I mm. think they're going to come out of the West as long as he continues to stay healthy. Um, Cat, man, they they had Memphis several times, just couldn't close them out in that series. When I mean, they lost in six, but they had leads and just couldn't, couldn't KO them when they had them down. They laid down on the job a little bit. I'm gonna have to have some words with Carl about that. He's got to hold those boys accountable. Um, they're a good team, man. They're they're still somewhat young. Um, you know, they're they've got a couple journeymen on that roster that uh, came in and contributed. But I think there's a bright future for Carl and and the rest of those fellas. Um, they they put together a heck of a run. Um, you know, they they had some struggles throughout the season, but they came out. Uh, you know, fighting in the end, uh, like you said, they should have they should have probably pushed it a little bit further. They should have they should have got one in Memphis. Um, and then, but then you got the Suns who, um, I don't think are getting the respect they deserve. Uh, there was actually a, a little bit on social media. I'm sorry, not on social media on uh, Sports Center last night. Um, about how the Suns haven't gotten the respect from the league that they probably deserve. Um, and it's kind of crazy to see. I mean, they're the best team in the league by far. Uh, from an analytics standpoint, um, they got one of the best leaders of all time in Chris Paul. They got one of the uh, best scorers at all three levels in Devin Booker. And, um, you know, even guys like Jay Crowder who've been all over the place and, and know how to win and know how to make runs in the playoffs. Um, they're built, they're built for this. 
they're built for this run that they're on. Um, and you know, I think they're gonna, they're gonna force a lot of people to wake up and realize that they're here for a long haul. They're, I mean, Chris Paul doesn't have a whole lot left in him, but the rest of that roster's got quite a while. Um, you know, there's guys like Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and those fellas. Um, they got a while to go in this league and, you know, Devin's here to stay too. Um, I think they're going to make a statement this year. I think you're right. They're going to come out of the West. I think they're the favorite to win the title, barring any injuries. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, Devin was able to recover from that hamstring and and was able to, I mean, even on the back of a, you know, decent performance as far as his standards go last night, uh, close out what what was ultimately a, a, a pretty fantastic margin of victory. Granted, it ended a little closer than it should have. They let the rope go a little bit late in the fourth, but um, they're they're the team to beat. And, um, you know, if you just said that about the Phoenix Suns seven or eight years ago, people would have scoffed at you. Yeah. Um, and, but, but they've, they're a, they're a blast to watch as far as, uh, you know, a basketball fan. You don't have to be a Phoenix fan. Uh, you don't have to be an NBA fan. You watch those fellas play. They're having fun. They're doing it the right way. They're playing together. They're sharing the ball. They make that one extra pass. They're all in there fighting and doing their part. Um, you know, I wish him the best of luck and, and what they're building out there in Phoenix. Um, so it's, it's going to be a fun next couple of weeks to watch them claw and scrape their way, hopefully to a, to a world title. That's it. And, um, got to mention too, well, first of all, Aiden is coming on as well. He's, he continues yeah, to be better. I, um, and I should have mentioned him. I, I realized halfway through my little rant there that I didn't drop the name, drop him early, but he's playing well. Yeah. And we got to. Shout out Jerry Vanderbilt too, because he was a he was a spark from Minnesota. You know, energy, he was kind of maybe found a place. You know, where you can kind of he put down roots for a few years in the league too, uh, after bouncing around in Denver. But you know, he was able to give them some good minutes and and some spark as well. Absolutely, some of those guys. You know, it's so much in, in these these days in in the NBA. It's so much about. I shouldn't even say these days. All time, it's been uh, you know a league where you have to find the right fit. Um, you know, a, a little throwback example, if Tony Delk had had, um, you know, the opportunity that maybe like a Rajon Rondo had had, I think he would have been one of the best point guards to ever play the game. Um, he just, he, he bounced around a little bit and never really found that right fit. Rondo stepped into a team in Boston and was able to facilitate for three of the best scores in the game. Uh, he had KG around him, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. I could look like an all-star with those guys on the, on the court with me. Um, and, but Rondo obviously is the, the spectacular talent that he is, the speed, the know-how, the IQ um, was able to, to kind of curate his own little niche and create um, really a role that didn't, didn't really exist at the time in the NBA um, that he was able to take advantage of. And uh, you know, I, I say all that to say that a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, even like a Tyrese Maxey, um, uh, Emmanuel quickly, those guys are finding the right roles with the right teams and the NBA is changing the game and in, in a whole is, as a whole is changing. Um, and, and, you know, those guys are able to find something that they're, that they're fantastic at, that they're professional at, and they're good enough at everything else that they're able to, to earn those minutes on the floor, um, you know, against the best in, in the world. And um, that's a testament to not only their preparation, their individual um, determination and drive to, to better themselves every day, in a professional capacity, but also the way that the University of Kentucky prepared them for that um, opportunity. And they're, they're taking advantage of that and they're doing it in, in the biggest way on the biggest stage. And, you know, you can do nothing but tip your cap to, 
to Cal and the staff and, uh, and those guys individually for what they've done for themselves and their families. Um, and it's a blast to watch. I mean, after watching what, what they go through at the collegiate level and then getting to see them shine the way they have, um, hats off to them. For sure. It's funny that you mentioned TD. Uh, he co-hosted this podcast with me for a year. And so we, Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's awesome. He's a great guy. Man, I still text him every now and then, especially, and he'll, hates the Cowboys, the football season, whenever (laughs) Dallas loses, I'm getting a text and he's talking, you know, because he's all about the Titans being from Tennessee, you know. But uh, we talked a lot about 96. We talked a lot about Bill Kitely, talked about the denim uniforms, the Converse shoes, all all of that. But the the 50-point game he dropped for Sacramento without even hitting a three. I mean. That's crazy. Insane, man. It's crazy. He he was an all-time talent. I mean, his length um again iq the size of his hands are insane i mean even you know co- basketball players in general for the most part can you know have a pretty pretty wide grip uh td is is different he was different and uh he was built to play point guard in the nba and uh like i said he bounced around a little bit but if he i think if he'd have found that niche he would have been an all-time i mean all-time all-time point guard um but a fantastic human being i didn't realize he co-hosted the podcast i'm gonna have to go back and listen to some of those episodes he's a he's a phenomenal guy he's always treated me with the utmost respect um you know my dad having played there and you know been a a small impactful player as he was um you know even going around some of the alumni events where where tony was around um he sought me out and and lifted me up and uh you know as a young kid and that's that's kind of you know the the role that I want to play for that younger generation as well. He just he always made me feel important, uh, made me feel like my dreams were were something that I was able to accomplish. And uh, guys like that are part of the reason that um, you know I look back and realize that I was able to get to live out a phenomenal dream being in blue and white. So I love that guy. Uh, you'll have to let him know I said thank you and hello. I sure will. <laughs> with us starting out with that direction, kind of. The way the podcast started, um, you mentioned how well, I said I don't want to bother you. It's like it's no problem because I, you know, people mm-hmm. feel like they're untouchable. I want to be accessible and don't mind when. But I was wanting to ask anyway, and you kind of answered it with TD. But mm-hmm. when you were playing and say it was mm-hmm. Big D Madness and and all the guys come back, especially Cal would bring everybody back. You know, the Dan Issels, the Mike Pratts, the Goose Givens, all through the decades. When those guys were coming back and you were a player, mm-hmm. you just mentioned TD, but who would be some of the first of the older guys that you would seek out when you're at events or when you're all in the same building together? Who are the older guys you go and try to make sure to make it a point to to talk to and, and say something to? Define older. Well, oh. I mean, <laughs> so uh, I mean, we, can, we can go back to Islam. We can, you know, it, so Kenny Walker, we got the nineties, whatever decade we want. So <laughs> goose was, was a teammate of my father's, um, and has legitimately been, uh, a, a fantastic mentor for me. Um, I, I really, really have a ton of respect for goose. Um, for, you know, we, we, we talk about untouchable, uh, Goose is who he appears to be to the general public. I mean, that's who he is. Um, he's just a fantastic human being. He's uplifting. Um, he's always going to make you smile. He could be having the worst day in the world, and he's going to go out of his way 
to make your day better. Um, I love Goose for that. And and his knowledge of the game is, is you know, unmatched. Um, I always try to make it a point to have a conversation with him anytime we're around. He's come on the ESPN pregame and postgame radio show with me several times. He's done my podcast with me several times. Um, but, I, you know, he's he's that guy that I just want to go sit with and, and soak up that knowledge. You know, he's he knows the game so well. He's he's been through a lot of life um, and he's just so uplifting and positive. Uh, he's the kind of guy you want to be around. Um, you know, other guys of that generation, you got your Sam Bowie's, um, you know, all uh, that, that whole group um, has just treated me fantastically uh, with a lot of respect for for my father, it feels like. And, and you know, and sought out passing that knowledge along to me. Um, so I really have a lot of respect for those guys. Um, and then the generation, you know, just a few years before me, I mean, guys like um, you know, Ravi Moss and Eric Daniels and guys like that that are still around town um, that I have a fantastic relationship with um, that have, you know, been mentors to me as as I've kind of tried to maneuver these waters myself. Um, you know, a lot of people think when you get out of Kentucky, somebody just hands you a seven figure or a six figure job and, you know, you 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 get a golden ticket to life and it's just not that way. I mean, uh, you know, I'm admittedly we we had a little bit of a leg up. Um, you know, with the, with that kind of being on your resume per se. Um, but you know, you get out of school and you, and you have that, that couple of years where you're like, now what? Um, and a lot of those guys I leaned on heavily to, uh, to kind of give me some guidance and, um, you know, understand who you are outside of an athlete. Um, so I, I always seek that kind of, that kind of thing out, you know, every room I'm in, I don't want to be the smartest person and I'm going to go try to seek that knowledge from somebody, uh, and our alumni at Kentucky have, have been, you know, far and beyond, uh, or gone above and beyond to, to pass that knowledge to the next generation. That's why I continue to make those references. I want to be that, um, for those others that, that are going to follow, um, because it's a confusing time when you get done playing ball and you're not sure which direction to go. Um, and, you know, thankfully we have a lot of very good people that have come through this program that are willing to, you know, put their hand on your shoulder and show you the way and, uh, and, you know, are there to answer questions and, and help out and give you, you know, pass your resume along if you're looking for jobs. And, um, it's just, it's a really cool, uh, La Familia, if you will, um, to, to be able to reference, uh, and lean on because a lot of those guys have stepped on landmines that, uh, you know, they don't want the next generation to step on myself included. So, um, it's, uh, it's just been a, a great camaraderie to have, uh, around you here in Lexington. That is awesome. And the fact that you utilize it, you, you fall back on it, you lean on it and, and it's, they're always there. That's, that is just, uh, that cool fraternity with love familiar, like you said, that everybody's there for each other. Got to ask you about your podcast. I knew about the post game show, the pregame show. Mm -hmm. what tell us about the podcast tell the listeners what that is and how they can listen and, and all that so the podcast is called uh seat 14 um s-e-a-t-1-4 um because there are 13 scholarships in college basketball and i was a walk-on um so it's it's less about my you know knowledge of the game and um and a lot more about my perspective um you know i was a fan i grew up a fan i sat in the nosebleeds like everybody else dreamed of putting on that jersey um, you know, good Lord gave me the opportunity to, to live out a, a lifelong dream. Um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for that opportunity and, uh, 
what I've been blessed with since. And it's kind of just my way of giving my perspective on what it was like to be a fan and what it's like to be in the locker room and having seen it up close and personal. Um, most of the guests have been guys like goose and, uh, teammates of mine and, and everybody in between. Um, a lot of, a lot of ex players that have, you know, either played in the league or played overseas or gone into to another profession, uh, after college basketball. And, uh, it's just about like, you know, that in between, like you got all the podcasts in the world that talk about the analytics and how good the team's going to be and what the roster is going to look like. And obviously we touch on that. Um, and, and then you got the, you know, you got the other stories, you got the stories from the other side of the locker room door. Um, and, and that, that's what makes it cool. It's just about perspective. Um, and it's kind of my way of, of using that platform to show that, uh, you know, dreams can come true and, uh, and you know, what that looks like now that we're on the other side of that. Um, but you know, of course we throw in a little bit of the analytics and what the cats are going to look like this coming year and all those things too. So it's just a, it's kind of a fun, um, way for me to, to, to be a storyteller, um, you know, much like yourself, um, you know, a little bit of staying relevant with basketball, you know, I, I always love to talk hoops. Um, and, and to get that kind of that connection with, with those other guys. So, uh, the, the feel of the podcast is supposed to be kind of like you're, you know, we're in a basement watching a ball game together and you're getting that raw feel. Um, you know, I try to approach it like we're sitting there watching a game and having a conversation and the listeners just get to get a little bit of an insight into what that looks like, um, from guys that know the game and have seen it up close. Um, so seat 14, it's been a lot of fun. We're one season in. Last year was kind of a little bit of a learning curve for me to try to figure out how to do podcasting and stuff. We were talking about that a little bit before you hit record tonight. Um, you know, getting a little new set, learning how the equipment works and things like that. Um, but we're living in a new era in 2022 where, you know, you can be a content creator from your house. Um, and and it's, uh, you know, the journey that you've been on is, is much like what I'm learning a little bit late to the curve here. Um, but it's, it's been a lot of fun and I appreciate you, uh, mentioning it, but, um, very, very cool, uh, mouthpiece and platform to use, uh, just to kind of be a storyteller. Yeah. I, I perked my ear up, man. Cause I knew, I knew I listened to the, the pregame show and the postgame show and you said podcast. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Let me. Yeah. So I, I didn't do a fantastic job all, kind of intentionally of promoting it this year because I wanted to learn, you know, I wanted to, I didn't want to just. Uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want the the listeners to be guinea pigs. I wanted to kind of feel my way through it. Um, so this year, you know, going into this season, I'll probably do a better job of promoting it, step it up a little bit as far as the, um, you know, production style goes and everything and uh, try to put a, put a better show together. But last year was just a little bit of, uh, you know, cut my teeth on it and figure out the, like I, like I mentioned, the landmines, I needed to step on a couple of them to learn where not, what not to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, this, you know, this season I'll probably do a better job of, of promoting it and, and doing it right. And I'd love to have you on. Um, like I said, what I want to do is, is put a bunch of, put a bunch of guys who love, have a love for the game and a love for the cats on a couch and put a mic in your face and let's just, let's just talk hoops. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of the feel and, uh, you know, hopefully it turns into something, but if not, I'm gonna have a blast doing it anyway. Exactly. That's the, that's <laughs> the mindset to have, man. And just let me know. I'll, I'll pop in there and be glad to do it man. i appreciate well, we'll have to have you and td come we'll, yeah we'll get everybody in the room that'll work man i'm I'm here for it now like i said we didn't get you on uh during the season mm -hmm. um 
not trying to like go back and like rehash <laughs> and all that, but just your thoughts on wherever you want to take it, however you want to parts of the season you want to hit on or talk about, or if you want to just look forward to the roster construction, which is some of the stuff you hit on anyway, just your thoughts on kind of the way it started, the way it ended, wherever you want to take it. And then, you know, we'll. Yeah. So um, I think every year uh, everybody gets a little antsy uh, during the recruitment process uh, when you got uh, um, recruits, you know, committing and, they get a little ahead of the curve, a little ahead of themselves. Um, you know, but when I was there, it was all the, oh, we're going to go 40 and 0 talk. And, you know, we haven't even all been on the floor together yet. Um, so I've made a habit, good, bad, or indifferent, of not listening to the chatter. Um, you know, I don't, I don't dig, do a lot of digging into the recruits. I know about, I knew about Reed uh, Shepard, who obviously is a year away, but I knew about that just because of Jeff and, um, you know, knowing that that group in the community and everything. But for the most part, I kind of keep my head underground um, when it comes to the recruitment process, because those guys can change their mind. And it's, it's, you know, especially now with the NIL um, it's, it's the wild, wild West out there. So until that roster is on campus and ready, you know, ready to roll. Uh, I don't care. I don't want to hear about it. I want, I, you know, it, that's, that's chatter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, once we got a, a roster together and we got the guys in the gym working out together, that's when I'll go see them and I'll, you know, start to develop my own feelings. So with that said, I've been on teams that have been preseason number one, uh, that lost in the first round of the NIT. I've been on teams that were preseason number one that went undefeated and lost in the final four. Um, you know, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody that, that those preseason rankings don't mean a damn thing. Sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Uh, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's everybody, you know, they, they just throw out their opinions way too early. Um, so I try to stay away from that. With that said, um, I think this season, this past season, uh, this team was built for something special. I think they were trending in the right direction at the right time. Um, you know, that Notre Dame loss, uh, was pathetic, but a little bit of a wake up call. And then we go, you know, fast forward a little bit. We go to North Carolina. I'm sorry. We go to Kansas and uh, and absolutely lay it on them. And I thought right then I was like, this is this team has the tools that it's going to take. And I haven't felt that way about a team since I graduated. I thought every team in the past I could see a hole that was going to be exposed. Um, you know, even the Malik Monk deer and Fox year, I thought that was probably the best year we'd had or the best opportunity we had. But there was a little there was a couple of missing pieces um, this season. I thought we had all those pieces. Um, we were riddled a little bit with injuries with Ty Ty. Um, we lost our point guard in a couple of games when Severe got rocked on some ball screens. Um, but we go out, you know, again, we go to Kansas and we put a hurting on them on their home floor on the biggest stage in college basketball. And I thought this can be the turning point. And I was right, but it was a turning point for the wrong direction. Yeah. It woke Kansas up um, and it, it got us a little too comfortable. Um, so we got a, a little lackadaisical. Uh, a little overzealous and we started a trend in the wrong direction uh, after that game. And uh, we kind of poked the bear with Kansas and they woke up and realized like, we're going to have to play and be on every possession if we want to uh, make a run in this postseason. And uh, unfortunately that's how it played out. Um, I think that uh, we got a little stunned when we got punched in the mouth um, against uh, um, what's her name? Who beat us in the tournament? Uh, oh, 
St. Peter's. Yeah. St. Peter's. I think we got punched in the mouth against St. Peter's. Um, and you know, we got a little watery eyed and, and a little distracted and we weren't able to bounce back. Um, a, a, you know, if we're going to dive back into the, to the end of that season, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little insight on my perspective with that. I think, um, you know, a team like St. Peter's can reinvent themselves every night out when you're talking about March madness, they, they're not, uh, they don't have a coach, you know, they didn't have a coach that had been developing the way he's going to play the game for 20 plus years. Um, they could approach each game differently. They had nothing to lose. They could throw whatever they needed at us to jumble us up. And uh, that St. Peter's team did it against us. Uh, they did it the next two rounds and, and they, they got by with the win because they're division one talent. Those kids are talented. They're, they were well coached. They were driven. Um, and they had a good game plan that they executed perfectly. Um, Kentucky got punched in the mouth and they stuck to their game plan. And the thing about, you know, a guy like Cal, a guy like, you know, Bill Self, a guy like Rory Williams, a guy like Coach Krzyzewski, all those coaches are set in their ways, right? They're going to do things their way and they're predictable in that way. Um, St. Peter's knew that. They knew how we'd respond. They knew what we'd try to run against them to counter what they were going, what they were going to throw at us. And they were well prepared and disciplined and they stuck with the game plan and they executed and they beat us. Um, and then not only did they beat us, they did it two more times against what I think, I think Purdue would have beat Kentucky if we'd have gotten to face them. Um, Purdue outmatched us in a couple different uh, aspects that I was a little concerned with. Um, and, and St. Peter's, you know, took the same approach with them, changed their game plan attacked them in the ways they knew they were vulnerable, executed, diligent, and won. Um, so, uh, I, again, I say all that to say this. Kentucky started kind of trending in the wrong direction after that Kansas win when we got a little too complacent. Um, and then when you were thrown a curveball in March and, uh, you know, you do what you're supposed to do, it's predictable. And, uh, and they had a team that was, that was willing to fight through that. And, uh, and they knocked us off and more power to them. Um, they played an incredible, incredible couple of games in March, um, and they deserved all the credit that they got for that. Um, but now it's time for Cal and Kentucky to respond, rebuild, um, and come back with a vengeance. And I think so far from what we've seen this summer with the moves they're making, um, we're going to be in a pretty good position to do that starting this October. Um, I don't think we're going to – I don't even know if they've announced it yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive we're not going to get that Bryce transfer from uh, South Dakota State. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think he is. Not Bryce. Is it, is it, is his name Baylor? Baylor. Baylor. I forget. Yeah. 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 Baylor from South Dakota State. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they've announced. Nice, I think he went to, he, he picked Creighton out of all the. Oh, he did already pick? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, yeah. So I was, I didn't, you know, I, I knew that he was kind of weighing his options according to a couple of different things that didn't sit right with the staff. So I didn't expect him to get here. I will say this, though. Um, the Jay Lucas move. Yeah. Was a uh, was a big power play from uh, from from down there in uh, in uh, Duke. So uh, we better respond strongly um, and uh, and fill that spot. But um, you know, it's been an interesting offseason, and the NIL is playing such a big role in this. Uh, it's going to be interesting what the landscape of college basketball looks like moving forward because now we're having guys transfer, um, you know, without having to sit out. Um, we're having guys transfer, uh, where you used to have the excuse of needing to, to, to make the move because of your education. And now, uh, it can be because of a, a literal salary. Um, so 
the game is changing and it's it looks a lot like it did when they when they did when they implemented the one and done rule um and it's time for us to adapt and uh you know cal's always been ahead of the curve so we'll see how he adjusts his approach uh with his recruitment style but i have no doubt with this roster that you know where we're at right now uh we got the national player of the year returning in oscar um we have you know several pieces that were missing last year the shooter from iowa that transferred in that was that wasn't able to play that's going to be ready to go this year cj um one hell of a player uh, and then obviously the other components that we got coming back and the ones that we've added, uh, I think we have a top five roster right now. Um, but I thought that last year, uh, and we got bounced by a 15 seat. So, um, it's a lot about, you know, it's, it's a lot to do with the talent. Uh, it's even more to do with hard work, um, and the discipline that it takes to get through that long of a season. So, um, I'm very much looking forward to what we're going to string together. And, uh, you know, we got one of the best of the best at the helm. So I have no doubt we'll be able to to put together um, a fantastic roster and a fantastic season. Um, I, I promise you nobody wants to win more than he does. So he'll mm-hmm. figure out a way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you mentioned Oscar coming back and that's, that's huge going forward. Um, I know you probably had to deal with it on a weekly basis. Uh, I didn't talk about it a whole lot on here because I, I didn't, I didn't sweat it, but your thoughts on the whole Shaden Sharp situation I mean, he's. He, did you even talk about it every? Did you have to? Did you have callers no. calling in? He, so uh, I didn't talk about it much on the on the uh, radio show because I didn't want to cause a stir. Um, but Shaden Sharp was a figment of our imagination. He was never here. He was never going to be here. Um, I think Cal and the university uh, was pressured into answering uh, for having let, uh, you know the best player in the country come onto campus early. Um, I understand the perspective of the fan base, you know, like they, they, they perceive it as Shaden used this as a stepping stone. Um, my answer is what did you expect him to do? If you have a, if you have the number one player in the country, who's going to be a top five pick in the draft, say I'm leaving high school early. I'd love to come onto your campus, work out against the best players in the country. And, you know, if I decide to come back to school, I'll be at Kentucky. Um, will you have me? Well, yeah, like, come on. Um, he made our players better or, or, you know, theoretically made our players better, challenging them every day in practice. Um, and if, it, if the best move is for him to go to the league, so be it. Um, but the alternative, I mean, imagine if Cal had said, no, we don't want you on campus because you're probably going to go to the NBA and he'd have gone to, to Duke or North Carolina or Kansas. Yeah. Our fans would have been in an absolute uproar. So he did what he was supposed to do. And then when he got questioned on it, he answered in the way that you would expect him to answer. Like, well, yeah, we hope he comes back. Like we're going to keep our door open, our options open. Um, and, and then he got criticized for it after the season. Don't get me wrong. I see both sides. Um, but my, my question that I posed to the fan base is what would you expect him to do? Right. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's my, that's, that's the gist of it to me. The kid's a top five pick in the league. If he'd have played, if he'd have played in college this past season, he wouldn't have played himself into a pick higher than four uh, because the top three are locks. Uh, so he, maybe he moves from the fifth spot to the fourth spot if he plays. Maybe he gets hurt and can't get drafted. Who knows? But uh, the kid came to school, made a little bit of money. He's going to the NBA. I'm not saying Kentucky fans should be grateful, but they, I don't think that they have much of a leg to stand on as far as um, you know, hating on Cal for leaving the door open because, again, What's your what's the alternative? Right, right. Um, what's your take on it? 
I was kind of the same way. If if you don't take him and he does go to, he's gonna go somewhere else. You know, somebody else is gonna take him if yep. Cal doesn't. So that was that was my take. I, I'm kind of like you. I don't I don't sweat a lot of stuff like the recruiting. I don't dive into that. I'm some, the same way as you. When they get here, fine. Let's see what we got. He's either gonna play or he's not. You know, it's it's gonna suck if he doesn't. But if he's lottery top five here's what he wants to hear from the nba and goes ahead on can't blame him for that either because everybody would if they were in his position um the mentor guy i think was just talking out of both sides of his mouth he was telling kentucky one thing and the nba another uh, like maybe his parents should have maybe stepped in and shut that down i think i think the mentor had a little too much control over the whole situation and he kind of ran everything and he had the power because everybody was letting him but that's what kind of messed the whole thing up, the the mentor and. Well, you're right, but that that's kind of where we're at with uh, with college basketball these days. I mean, when you look at the fact that um, you know the NIL exists and that's a real, uh, it's it's going to cause a real effect on decisions. Um, you know, it's I think it's a good thing in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's going to be a deterrent. Uh, from what their focus should be in a lot of ways. Um, and it's going to take uh, several years, I'm sure, before that balance is figured out. Um, so, you know, not that Shaden's goal was money um, by any means, but um, that is going to be a factor in recruiting as we move forward. It's going to be a factor in guys leaving high school early. It's going to be a factor in guys, you know, there's going to be states that are like, for instance, Ohio and Texas aren't allowing high school or AAU students to make money off of NIL and still be eligible for high school. So you're going to have some of the best players in Ohio and some of the best players in Texas that are going to transfer to prep schools so that they can make money and, uh, and, you know, pave their way to whether it's the G league or the NBA or, um, you know, one of the major universities that's able to pay them what they deserve. Uh, and a lot of those quote unquote, um, marketing deals, they're going to be disguised as marketing deals, but, all in all their salaries um and that's just uh that's that's the new that's the new era that's it was it ross dillinger for sports illustrated had an article today about the ncaa is getting a task force and they're trying to brush guidelines down the pipe to get approval and weed out these boosters and all this that and the other well the ncaa has got a lot of stuff that they still haven't done i mean you know louisville's still waiting on punishment and you know they got stuff they haven't done for years but they're supposedly fixing to get a task force to speed the process up on this um it, like you said it's, it's a new era and the coaches that are whining you need to stand tough it out every time the coach had a chance to take a better job he did it i mean if if Bill Stuff had stayed and toughed it out, he'd still be at Tulsa or whatever. You know, he he would not have went on and took the Illinois job and the Kansas job. So you know, don't coaches talking out of both sides of their mouth too, as far as that goes. Hundred percent. And yeah. and now you know we're we're going to be you know in the NBA you have guys that are making more money than the coaching staff. Uh, there's going to be several programs in college that have the same dynamic. Uh, you know. I, there's a lot of questions that are going to come up as this NIL thing plays out. But, um, you know, if you have a if you have a player that gets a shoe deal from Nike, for instance, and Nike wants to shoot a commercial on a Tuesday after class, 
Um, who's going to tell that student that he has to be, who's going to tell that student athlete that he has to be at practice that day and not go make a quarter of a million dollars uh, to shoot this commercial, you know, um, that's going to start to come into play. No. And like Dick Vitale, I don't know if you saw his legalized cheating tweet and he called out Oscar Sheboy by name. Uh, oh, I saw it. I saw it. How, how are you, how are you going to call out Oscar? Who's just like, literally he's trying to get his mom over here <laughs> with, with his, you know, and his money was held up because he was a foreign student. He wasn't even really able to take advantage. So I, I don't, you know, he's not even doing anything wrong. What did he do to deserve all that? You know, he's. Uh, Nothing, but you know, the, that Dick Vitale as, as fantastic as he is and um, as good as he is at his job, uh, he he's not used to this new era either. I mean, he grew up in a, in an era and covered college basketball in an era where um, that's obscene. I mean, literally, um, and and it, it, you know, people are a little bit resistant to change when it comes to things like this. Um, yeah, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, we're if they decided to add a four point line tomorrow, I mean, I'd be pissed, you know, like I'd be like, you're changing the game. And, and I mean, that's not necessarily relative here, but um, for the most part, you know, we're used to a certain way of life when it comes to college athletics. And um, this is, this is, I mean, it's, it's going to make, it's, it's going to turn into a semi-pro type situation. Um, you know, the the effects of what this is going to cause as we move forward are are yet to be seen, but um, you can imagine how uh, entitled some people are going to end up being. Now, is Oscar one of those guys? Absolutely not. Oscar's one of the most fantastic human beings in the world. His morals are in the right place. Um, you know, I'm, I've had conversations with him about starting a podcast that's a, a Bible study. You know, to 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 use his platform for that type of voice. Yeah. Um, there's nobody that you can possibly think of that, that has a better reason to get paid than Oscar Schwebe, get his family over here, provide a better life for them, use his platform to speak about his faith and his, uh, you know, how basketball has, has changed the life of him and so many around him. Um, but that's not always going to be the case. You know, you're going to have college athletes that are going to get an obscene amount of money and, and use it for, for other things that are going to deter them from a professional career that, uh, that could be, you know, lucrative, uh, if they were a little older when they were able to get those types of checks. So, um, you know, just like everything else, uh, it's going to take some time to settle, uh, the unfortunate reality of, you know, what we know about a lot of these guys is they're surrounded by people that might not necessarily be good influences. They're, they're college friends or the, or the family that comes out of the woodwork or the, you know, everybody just wants a piece of the pie. They want to get into their pockets. So until uh, that kind of stuff can be regulated and approached in a healthy way, uh, we're going to see some kids get taken advantage of. And that's the unfortunate reality of it. Um, and now it's happening at a younger age than it would if they were professionals. Right. Because back before free agency hit MLB and NFL and NBA, everybody had to get used to it in in that situation you know you mm. knew what the dodgers and the reds looked like year after year because it was the same nine dudes for yep. six seven eight years free agency hits oh my goodness my favorite third baseman is went from houston to the dodgers went from cincinnati mm -hmm. to toronto and you know, 
I'm sure that's causing uproar back in the day when it first happened. So now it's kind of the same thing. Like you said, younger get kids having the same thing happen before uh, they become professionals. And some of the older heads are kind of having to adjust to it. And like you said, not everybody adjusts to change, even though stuff is constantly changing all the time. Yep. But man, I kept you way longer than I should have, but uh, got to tell I love it. Got to tell everybody real quick about a sponsor we both know well. Lots of Rain Watches sponsored this podcast. They've even been, been doing their thing with the Atlas, the Subnautica, Watch for Men, Watch for Women, accessories. You've been an ambassador for Lots of Rain. Got the GQ shots at the castle in various different places in Kentucky. You know all about the product that Lots of Rain, the watch they've made. I mean, TD did it. Lots of former athletes like yourself put the watch on your wrist and endorsed it. And they, those are great guys. You can go to the site, lots of rain, hit, hit the chat box. Dave himself will answer any questions you have before you purchase. I mean, they, they cover all the bases. It's a great product. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, Todd. I'm ready. Hey, they are fantastic. And they actually just sent me, uh, I just ordered the new uh, all black midnight Atlas um for derby um i'm uh, i'm wearing a, a a very light light colored suit and so i wanted to go something uh, darker that was going to stand out so uh they got me the black midnight atlas uh that i'm very much looking forward to it's supposed to be here tomorrow and to your point um you know you can i hopped on the website they shipped it um i get the email with the tracking information and everything else um and it's you know it's their their tra- even their tracking information is is fantastic it's above and beyond uh, they have a fantastic customer experience from, um, you know, from shopping to purchase to delivery. Um, they're just, they're, they've, they've done a great job of taking care of me, um, for many years without, uh, without much, you know, that I could do for them. Uh, and here, you know, recently with the, with the platform, with podcasting and the, and the radio and, uh, you know, being able to kind of showcase some of their, some of their goods out, um, in the public and talk about it a little bit has, uh, hopefully, you know, given them something back. Uh, for all they've done for me. So I'm very thankful for those guys. Uh, Dave, you know, just sent me a video of him shipping that out yesterday. So I'm really excited to get that. Uh, I'll, I'll tag you in a tweet when it shows up and, uh, and, and share it with the, with the following, but uh, the fantastic, fantastic people. Um, and like I said, they always, they've always kept me a little above on the cutting edge of, uh, of fashion when it comes to jewelry. Um, they got my, they gave me, I've got sunglasses from them. I got a couple different watches from them. Uh, just fantastic group overall. So, uh, if you're looking for a new timepiece, check them out. That's it. They got you, man. Casual, formal, whatever you're trying to do, and that's gonna pop with your suit. The dark watch. I, I'm suit. looking forward to it. I'm gonna show you. I'll send. I'll send you a picture of it. Absolutely. So look, man. Everybody, we definitely enjoy having title on this episode of Believe in Kentucky. Y'all go to Believe.com, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. This episode will be there. Also, our buddy Jason Markham at a Sea of Blue. He puts every episode of this podcast on their site as well so you can get it there too appreciate you todd man can't thank you enough it's always great chopping it up hey, with you, you as well thank you for waiting on me i had a little technical difficulty as i'm not very cultured with the uh modern technology i'm trying to work on a new you know setup over here since my move and uh you know playing with the electronics is is a little above my pay grade so i appreciate you being patient while i got that figured out thank you uh, i know it's a little late 
Um, so thanks for sticking around and, uh, and waiting on me to get this done, but I appreciate you having me on and I uh, can't wait to come back. We'll get, we'll get you and TD on my show and I'll come back on with dad on here. Absolutely, man. Seat 14 y'all check that out as well. Check this out wherever you get your podcast top man. Can't thank you enough. Appreciate you. And we all just out here trying to make it as far as those technical difficulties. We all just, do <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Y'all take care. We'll see everybody next week on another episode of Believe in Tech. the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done